back. Episode three. We are the hosts and the creators of this podcast. Let's clear the air. I am Lauren. And I'm Nick. And we're glad you're back. So last week we talked a little bit about the good part of relationships, the bad part of relationships. We talked about some new relationships that developed and even some divorces. Right. And we talked a little bit about our relationship. So we hope you guys enjoyed that. And this week we have a really good episode planned for you. This one will be structured a little bit differently than our usual setup. But with everything going on this past week, it felt it felt like we needed to really celebrate black women. Right. Everything that we learned about the new updates of Breonna Taylor's case was not really surprising, but still a major letdown. And soon after, Tory Lanez had a, I guess, release to, I don't even know what to call it, but we're we're uplifting Megan. Let's just say that. We're uplifting every black woman in this world. Right. Because it this this past week, I couldn't really, I don't know about you, but anything else that came out in the news didn't really matter to me. And even the news outside of being in the media, it's a lot of people in this world that's women that are going through the same type of situations or something along those lines in this world that's not even getting public attention. Right. So I feel like the best thing to do is we just build a whole segment on women that are role models in our life who have the strong voices for the people, people that basically just make us feel good and and make us give us that warm feeling like, okay, everything's going to be all right. Right. Most of the time is like our grandmothers or whatnot, but there's other people that other people may feel as though that gives them that sense of comfort. So, yeah, I figured this week we would just talk about the influence that black women have had on us in our lives and how they've shaped so many positive things for us because I mean, we're surrounded me and you, both are surrounded by so many black women that have helped us through a lot of things, right. taught us a lot, made us feel certain emotions, right? all of that. So I figured the first way we talk about this was through our family. I mean, that's what's closest to us. So do you want to start? Yeah, I'll start. Um, basically, my... My sisters and my mom is pretty much the role models of my life. Um, They always have been. They gave me a lot of outlook on life itself as far as how should I be able, how should I treat women, teach me how to cook, how to be respectful, a lot of those things along those lines. And um, mostly it, it goes to my mom because she's mainly the person who of course, always been there for me and everything. And 
the way she speak and the way she she put out advice and energy to me it energized me as well as it 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 seems like it's you know put me in that that space to where everything's going to be okay if I'm feeling like I'm down or I'm upset or anything mm-hmm. and my mom she kind of like bring me back to the world because sometimes I can tend to be frustrated with this that and the third and she just tell me like everything's going to be all right there's other cases where she will motivate me there's cases where you know she'll just give me the harsh reality of things and sometimes I may not understand certain things that goes on in this world, but when it comes to people like that, that can really change the way you move and think, it's like, that's, that's, I'm appreciative for that. Yeah, I love your mom. She loves you too. <laughs> well, for me, I mean, obviously my mom. I guess the thing for me is, like, when it comes to mothers, especially black mothers, they're going to give you the honest truth, like, every time. Right. They're going to support you. Well, at least my mom will support me, even though I I may make a decision that she doesn't necessarily understand or wouldn't necessarily agree with, but she wouldn't necessarily outward let me know that. She's going to be there for me either way, and I appreciate her for that. I think another thing when it comes to black moms is that their hugs, like when you really, really are going through something and you and you just need a hug, their hugs have a different way of hitting you. Right. It's like you're safe. And I love that about them. Do you have like a favorite memory with your family at all? Like something funny, something maybe embarrassing a little bit or even just something you learned from them maybe in like a hard way um I mean it's really a lot I really can't pin one thing because there's so many that run through my mind but it's like they really just they made me who I am pretty much Mm -hmm. I think I got a bit of everything from all of them like my sister, my older sister, she she pretty much like the mind of it all. She's really cool and relaxed, but at the same time, she's a thinker. I think for her, I really picked up the let me think before I speak type of way. Mm-hmm. Um, My other sister, she's more of the vocalist. I think she's very expressive and she's always have that tough skin, tough layer thing. Like she can just take anything. And of course my mom, she's like the superwoman. So she, she just give me all the qualities that I needed because my mom was a single mom. Of course my dad was in my life, but growing up, my mom was predominantly the one that was, that was there for me through it all so I feel like with her she just I don't know man it's just she's just an amazing woman and she just teach me everything I mean I was never spoiled I was just well taken care of she knew how to say no to me she taught me everything there are some things that 
I just did not like at times and mm-hmm. she'll tell me the reason why. Like everything everything that she did, it made me who I am today and is and it actually applies today because a lot of the things, conversations that she gave to me, it never really necessarily made sense at first. Mm-hmm. But later on in the years when you become adult, you be like, damn, all those things that my mom was t- talking about teaching me and everything it applies today so that's pretty much it what about you I think one thing I remember really both of my parents driving through my mind was especially at a young age even though it was hard for me to see outside a certain level of perspective like when you're like 13 14 17 sometimes it may be hard to see what your next steps are in life or real even realizing that everything doesn't revolve around whatever it is that you're doing like going to school or playing whatever sports you're playing or whatever like that and both of them really helped me see beyond that and I think it even led to me being at in in the position that I am right now where you know I went to school like I was a, like I was supposed to like society kind of encourages you to but I found myself going down a track in school where I didn't necessarily didn't necessarily like fit it wasn't really sitting well with me and I was able to really sit down with myself and ask myself, like, what do I really want to do? Like, what do I, how do I really want to make my living? And I think having conversations with my parents when I was younger about, like, things that I like to do and even going to, like, different camps or different classes to just explore different things that I that I may like or may not have liked gave me room to really explore what all I could do going to school and make and then making my living. And my mom was really influential in that way like she supported me being like artsy. She would take me to different classes and even sign me up for stuff that I didn't even know I was going to do necessarily until it was time to go. And she just exposed me to a lot of different things while I was young. So when I became older, I was like, oh, I could do this. Like I didn't. Sometimes when you're in school, you don't necessarily have the option to like take a class or, you know, see somebody else that may be in this profession that's actually making good money doing what they're doing. Sometimes people push you to be like the more traditional roles like doctor, lawyer, Those kinds of things. But my mom exposed me to a lot of different things where I was able to say, I do like doing that. And I could make a living off of it if I did this, this, and this. So she really expanded my mind to give me more options that wasn't necessarily in the traditional route. I don't even think I realized that until I was already in college and was like, okay, this is not going to (laughs) work. I got to figure out another plan or something that I like to do 
and match it with some course of study where I can get some skills, some networking, some like solid theory and combine it all to make my living. And I did. So a lot of that is credited to her. Like she got me involved in a lot of stuff and she encouraged it. Even when I wasn't in a class, like I remember us being in church and she would give me the church program or some kind of paper or something that was in her Bible. And she'll just give me like three pens and let me just draw or just work out whatever was in my mind. And I know she still has some of those drawings today. Like some of the art I made it made in like third grade. She was amazed at and got it framed. It's up in her room right now. Right. So other than, you know, our intermediate family, what are some public figures that you look up to that inspire you to to push throughout this world and give you hope in this world? Well, I kind of think about when, and since we just talked about growing up, I, I'm kind of thinking around that time and what those first influences were. And one thing I really, this might be a little odd, but one thing I really remember about growing up was at the time there were CD players, like we had these CD players and we had a few CDs and one of the one of the CDs that we had was, do you remember Whitney Houston singing the national anthem and how great that was? Yeah. We had that song on a CD. Right. And, y'all, I listened to that CD so much. That one CD of her just singing the national anthem. Because she sang it down. So I remember listening to that a lot when I was young and really admiring Whitney Houston. Even her being in the Cinderella, the, you know, the real life Cinderella with Brandy. That was cool for me. Like, my mama made sure we got that movie. So that's some. I also remember one Christmas, talking about CDs reminded me of this. One Christmas, my uncle got me a Destiny Child CD. I wore that thing out. Yeah, I think for me, it kind of revolved around music too. As a child, I think what I was listening to growing up, just because I used to hear my mom either cleaning up or she just jamming around the house or anything like that, but it was, of course, Lauren Hill, Mm-hmm. I think probably, of course, everybody that knows me know my favorite album is the score album from the Fugees and Erica Badu. I yeah. think my mom used to my mom used to blast her a lot when she used to clean and just riding around in you know the city or whatnot. And those songs that was like big, it stuck with you to the point where it it made you appreciate music. It made you like music and. I grew up, I grew up, of course, I grew up in listening to rap and everything, but the type of music I listen to now is still that old school feel. And if somebody that's new and that's out got that old school feel to them, that's who I resonate to. You know who else you didn't, you didn't mention that I thought about? Who? 
Mary J. Blige. Of course. You know I had to. <laughs> I think that was my next one I was going to say. Okay, so top two Mary J. Blige songs for you. Real Love. Okay. What's, what's one for you? Ooh, it's hard. I think one, well, My Life. I think that was, that was a good one, too. But you know one that I remember listening to in the car a lot? What's that one that go, fine, 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 fine? What's that one? Just fine. I remember listening to Just Fine a lot in the car. And we would all go up for it. Good old Mary J. But Mary J has a good, a great catalog. Yeah, it runs deep. Who you think will win a rap? I mean, a dance battle oh. between Mary J or Diddy? Oh, that'd be a good one. With that'd Diddy be bop. that'd be a good one. But I think Mary and her boots would definitely win because she she be wearing she them be boots. Yeah, I love her. Some of my more recent music influences would obviously be Beyonce. Right, I love her, and I love that. She has always so many different layers of content and meaning and what she has to say and what she's trying to get across. Like her visual albums are amazing to say the least. I feel like her visuals is like think pieces. I mean, you can tell she really thought about every single piece of it. Yeah, but what I'm saying is it's like, you have to really look and pay attention to what message she's getting across yeah. in the visuals. Yeah, I remember I remember the day I watched Lemonade. Mine's I still listen to it, but Missy Elliott. Yeah, Missy. Like Missy Elliott is like a vibe. She is. She's one of the greats. And she just everything that she drops just gives you that I just want to dance, smile. And she just drink so, whatever that's in your your red cup. Yeah, she's just really positive. Yeah, and even her creativity, her visuals come out completely different. Yeah, you never really know what to expect from them. Yeah, she's definitely one of the greats too. It's just crazy because it's like. Going through this week, it's just been exhausting. Yeah. I think everybody is just, not even just this week, just this year, it's just been exhausting for everybody. And it's kind of like stripping our joy away. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of tough sometimes to really, like, touch bases on certain things, certain topics or whatnot like that because... It's just, it's not necessarily hard. It's just like somebody stealing your joy and you trying to tap out of being the way that you feel. Mm-hmm. But you can't because there is no no turning point. You're waiting for that turning point. But um, I think the closest thing to it, like we like expressing now, is just music. Yeah, I think music can always elevate your mood or really just put you in whatever mood that you want to be in right 
And black women have a very special way of, even without music, influencing our feelings. The love of cooking, too. Yeah. Yeah. The way women can cook, women that can cook. Well, everybody has the ability if they tap into it. Yeah. Some are better than others. But, yeah, I think... Having this conversation, even though we're trying to be positive with it and really give people their flowers while they're still here, it's still a hard conversation to have because it's always kind of there that somebody else is not going to value them as much as we do. Right. And that just really hurts. It's just valuing the connection, even though you may not know them on a deep level or anything, valuing them because they are like your sister or Mm -hmm. your mother. Like we, even though we are, we all have our own different experiences, being black is an experience that we all share. Everybody has that one aunt in their family that's like a little off the chain, but you still love her. Like, it, it, the party really don't really go the same way without her. Mm-hmm. Everybody has that aunt or grandmother that can really cook and really bake a good cake. You know the cake is going to slap. You know the grandmother is just a glue to the whole family. Right. It's like we all have those different figures. Even though they're a little unique. And a little different in their own way. We all have this experience that is kind of similar. Right. Where we can all relate. I think another thing that I really appreciate about black women, especially being a Delta, is, well, being a Delta, when we all come together in the same place, the energy is so... It feels so good. Sometimes you, I mean, I don't know about everybody else, but I get a a little emotional about it. Even finding a Delta in, like, the place that I work is so rewarding because it's like, yes, you relate. You get it. We share this together. And it's nothing but love. It's nothing but love. Right. The reason that the idea of this conversation around appreciating black women came about was really just around the current events that happened this past week with Rihanna Taylor and the grand jury indicting the one former police officer for a very I mean, it was a it was a charge, but it didn't really make too much sense to anybody. Like, why was right. this the charge? Because they pretty much undermined the actual events that took place, and that was the life of Breonna Taylor. But they want to find justice for the fire of rounds that was penetrating another person's apartment. It was like... He was charged for endangering the neighbors where the other two were not charged, even though those two were the ones that shot bullets 
that actually killed her. Right. So I that was really hard for me to understand. I know it's not meant for us to really understand, but it got me. First, what was they charged for? He was charged for wanton endangerment. What's the definition for it? That's when, well, this is specific to Kentucky. Right. So this is Kentucky law, and it's when a person commits a crime that they engage in conduct which creates substantial danger or death of a serious physical injury to another person. And it's pretty much like in that circumstance, they're not valuing the extreme of human life. They're not valuing human life at all. They're just being really reckless with what they're doing. Right. And my thought was if he's being reckless and he was endangering the neighbors, how are the other ones not being reckless when they actually hit her with their bullets? Right. But what's crazy is it's hard to even wrap your head around it. During the time of them entering Brianna Taylor's home, the cops shot each other. Yeah. Like it was due to friendly fire. And they saying that the cop, I mean, they saying that her boyfriend shot back. But when you're asleep, you're full. You're basically asleep like you're out. Right. And someone is entering your home in a way of like a robbery. And didn't say nothing. And the thing is, I read up on that their particular unit is a narcotics unit. They don't have a dress attire to where you have police uniforms. Mm -hmm. They just dress as you are. So for them to enter the home in regular street clothes and don't announce themselves, off back, you're thinking in a defense mode. And for that to just still happen to where Justin's haven't been served, it's, it's kind of like... You're taking us, the people of America, as fools. Right. Like, this this particular, like, indictment, prosecution, whatever, is supposed to be on the behalf of the people, right. on behalf of Breonna Taylor. Right. And if you're, you're not really defending the people at all, like, yeah, maybe this, this wanton endangerment should have been another charge but it shouldn't have been the only charge right it's just like bro come on it's just sickening to really just hear this though i didn't really expect anything more though honestly i didn't know what to expect i we, knew we did expect it because throughout the week they 72 hours before daniel cameron uh made his announcement or a speech or whatever they was issuing a state of emergency and when you issue in a state of emergency before an announcement like this you know everything is for the worst yeah. you you pretty much preparing yourself for the worst like it's not in your favor so for us to see it it's kind of like yeah we knew this but it's just sickening, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just hard to really just swallow. I really nobody can really just still swallow this because it's just too much. It's just too much. And it doesn't make it any better that I think it was like 
the week before or maybe two weeks before in the civil suit with the city of Louisville, they agreed to pay her family $12 million in a wrongful death lawsuit. Right. So it's like if that is acknowledged on that side, what is missing on the criminal side? Or what isn't missing on the criminal side? Right. The only thing that really sticks out in this case is that Breonna Taylor is a black woman. Right. And the people that committed this crime against her are white police officers. Like, it's just, it's like at this point, you know, the popular response is we have to get new authorities. We have to restructure who is in these positions within our cities and our local governments and all the way through all of the systems. I guess the way about doing that is voting, but voting cannot be the only solution for this. Yeah, but I also feel like just to just to speak on what what Colin Kaepernick said is we have to demolish the white supremacist group within the police force. I think that's a major thing. I feel like it's like a secret society or not even secret society. It's a public society within the police force that, you know, of course, it's like dirty cop, good cop. Yeah. And the more this go on, the more it's going to continue to be swept under the rug. It's like they got into the point to where they know they can press us in these in this way of just killing us because they know they can get off. So it's, it's kind of more of like a, they can just basically do as they please and they're not going to necessarily get charged for it. They just like getting a slap on their wrist. And we're still trying to figure out what's the best solution to where we can find a way to create a change within it. I mean, defunding the police, I think that's a great idea. And I feel like we need to hold more accountable to these police chiefs. I feel like they should know exactly what's going on in their unit, their police force, these attorney generals. Um, I feel like they need to need to know more of what's going on. But even with them, I think everybody, I think it need to be a nationwide investigation on all police forces. Not only that. It's a lot but more. I think, but I think like what's really happening, and this is across the board for our country. I think what's happening is the exposure of the systems and how they're really set up to benefit a specific set of people. Yeah, I feel like that's coming out to light more now. Than ever it's always been there it's we've always known that it's been there what did w-e-b du bois say a system cannot fail those who it was never meant to protect right that's exactly what you were saying either america will destroy ignorance or ignorance will destroy the united states right well if that's not more true now than ever And honestly, I'm not mad if it gets destroyed. Destroy it. (laughs) It can't get, I mean, it could get worse, but destroy it if that's what it takes for people to recognize 
that black people deserve to live, deserve to be a part, destroy it. Destroy it and then make it all over again. Not the same way, but tear it up. We just gotta we just gotta get these people out their seats. Right. Like the Mitch McConnells of the world got to go. No. Got to go. And you pointed out something to me about Daniel Cameron that I just I did not know until like last week. Maybe I just didn't stay in the loop enough, but I didn't know. Him being engaged to Mitch McConnell's niece. Yeah. And Mitch McConnell is his mentor. And Mitch McConnell is up for re-election. Right. If there is any... Anybody, that motherfucker got to go. Like, if nobody else loses their seat... I mean, I want them all to lose their seats. I want them all. I don't like I don't all even, of them. I don't even want to say just one. I want to say all. I want all of them to lose their seats. Because it just doesn't make any sense. Like over time, how can you really look people, especially from their perspective? They were they represent millions of people. Right. Individually and together, they represent this whole nation. Right. How can you look at millions of people and really justify certain things are what's best for them when you know it's not? If anybody knows what their constituents are going through, it should be y'all. And for you to just ignore that and just do what you think is best for your pockets or your best interests or your career, it's just like, what God do y'all answer to? What do you do? You care what he thinks about you? No, they don't care. It's so aggravating. It's so aggravating. But nonetheless, I hope that this year of 2020 is really. The shift, I mean, it's already shifted a whole lot, and it's hard to believe we're about to be in October. Mm-hmm. Whew, it's been a long year. It's been a long year, but I hope what we all learned from this year carries over to really push us into a different reality. Yeah. I really hope so. I mean, I am doubtful in a lot of ways, but I hope so. After we got the news of Breonna Taylor, this one particular artist decided to drop an album. Stupid. And I feel like it was very stupid. Ignorant. And for him to really just drop that during this time, let alone that way, I feel like that's just toxic. You got all the words (laughs) because I really can't really fully describe somebody like him. It's just abusive. Right. So, so let's talk about it. I mean, I didn't even know it came out until you told me that morning. Was that that morning? I think it was that morning, but I remember Yeah, I remember seeing on Instagram last night, like, or not last night, but, like, 
that night that it was going around that Tory Lanez was going to be on live or something and you know people were like well that's the difference well sorry to cut you off but that's that's something that everybody was just thinking that he was going live but he didn't necessarily say he was going live he just said that something is coming at a particular time something was coming at a particular time so I mean, I didn't have an interest then. I didn't even have an interest in an album. I didn't even know that's what he was going to do. I thought he was going to probably do like a, say a statement or something in his notes and then just drop it that way or something. I don't know. I just felt like he should have just kept quiet, to be honest with you, because he just added... So much more fuel to the fire. But it's crazy because I'm starting to see a lot of people. It's kind of disappointing because when I'm looking at these social media outlets like Twitter or whatnot, and I see that he dropped and then I'm seeing people review it and they like, oh, my God, like, yo, this is probably the best music Tory Lanez ever dropped without a sample or something like that. But. Let's not forget what he done. And I understand it's a, another side to the story or whatnot. But for him to say certain things that way and all the information that we already know, it's kind of like like I'm not even interested to listen to it because regardless of how good your music may be to people, I just can't overlook what have taken place weeks ago there's no way it doesn't excuse it right it's like i feel like when he put this album out he was expecting i don't know what he was expecting maybe he was trying to deflect the attention off of him and what he did his actions by making this Thing he calls an album right maybe he was trying to just throw some confusion in there for people to really get them to change their mind about something or just get a little foggy about the fact that Megan was the victim no matter what you try to say right like I- you cannot justify you can't you can't justify that I feel like I feel like speaking of those who okay I'm I'm speaking in those who look at his music well this album as great their opinion is coming off as if like okay he's an artist and he's expressing himself through his music and he's telling his side of things through his music and I understand that because I know a lot of people Every every artist expressed them away through their music for anything, for everything that they do. But I didn't really think that he will just still just do it this way. I don't know. It's just. I saw I even saw some lyrics where he was like, he just want his homie back or something like some dumb, some dumb like that, like. Oh, we can work this out or something. Like, no. Like, he was saying something as far as, like, 
I was waiting on you to call me or something like that so we can talk it out. I mean, bro, like if somebody if you're going to shoot somebody in the foot twice, they ain't picking up the phone to call you. For what? Like we don't have nothing to talk about. You tried to kill me. Right. You tried to kill me. We don't have nothing to talk about. Like how I'm trying to I don't even want to understand him. I cannot understand him. Nothing he has been doing makes any sense. But it's crazy that he's profiting off of someone's trauma. In a major way. Like he brought up their mothers. They saying that this man going to get over 1 million streams in a week. And it's it's crazy because, like, I understand people want to listen to what he have to say. Of course, that's the reason why everybody is going to tune in and listen to it. I don't know if I really want to get around to listen to it. You know, I'm I'm not going to wish bad on anybody, but I want to. Because for him to go all the way out of his way to make however many songs... In reference to this situation, to justify, ignore, gaslight, and try to manipulate the person that he abused, I just cannot wrap my mind around, like, his mental health is not okay. What in, what What is operating in somebody's mind to make them think that this would work. I'm trying to figure out those who. Who like it. Yeah. Those who pretty much saying. I seen somebody post something like. Like I really love. Regardless of what he have done. I really love his album. So I feel like. Megan and. Tori should have another second chance. Yeah. I did see people saying. They kind of want them to get back together. Like Girl. That's crazy. If you have, if if somebody, if somebody that you claim you love and that you're with and that you care about is trying to harm you, right? That's not love. That's not love in any kind of way. That's not even like, right? You don't deserve that. Nobody should. Nobody should be worried about being harmed in a in any kind of relationship in any loving relationship that's why it's called violence is violent there's no space for that in any romance or any anything i know there's a lot of statistics about black women being abused and even being killed by their significant others it's crazy I just don't wish that on anybody. I wish it didn't have to be that way for us. We, like black women are, everybody wants to emulate us or be with us, whether they say it out loud or not. There's other groups of women that, you know, appropriate what we do, take what we do. When throughout history, we've been known to, just work with what we had and they still want it. They still look at us sideways. They still can't believe 
that we have X, Y, Z. So. We trendsetters. Right. Even the people that, like, want these exotic women. Like, there was that whole trend of, like, even now on TikTok and stuff, making your lips bigger and all that shit. That's us. That's us. Whether they like to admit it or not. So I hope you pretty much enjoyed this episode. We just wanted to put the spotlight on women this week. And we're going to continue to do so. I don't think it necessarily needs to be for a week. I think it needs to be an everyday thing. Yeah. Um, And just tell them that we love them just as much as they love us. So I challenge everybody that listens to this to call a black woman that you value in your life and just tell them why you love them. Right. Because they probably really need to hear it. Even if they don't need to hear it, I know it'd be nice for them to hear it. Right. And um, we'll see you next week. Stay lifted. Stay positive. Bye.